0: We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. Here we go. Ladies and gents, welcome back. Welcome to PT Pinecast, a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. I'm Jimmy McKay, a physical therapist. I'll be your host tonight, broadcasting live from the Aries Medical Studios. It's just my living room. I just want to come clean. But we'll call it Aureus Medical Studios. Uh, Find them online at aureusmedical.com. Leaders hashtag travel physical therapy. Uh, Do what you want to do, where you want to do it. And where, I mean, geographically, right? Travel assignments all over the 50 U.S. states and D.C. Uh, But also where in terms of setting, right? So all settings, all locations. Find out more, aureusmedical.com. Subscribe to the show, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and now video casting on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter at PT Pinecast on the socials. If you're watching live, I love it. Drop the word live and where you are geographically. Let us know where you're listening in from on this Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, if you got a question, to comment during the show, don't don't keep your hand down. Just shout it out. And by shout it out, I mean put it in the, uh, the comments, uh, questions, comments for our guests at any time. We'll see if we can get to some of those by the end of the, uh, the episode. Great show for you tonight. Uh, we've got a guest who I cross paths with on social media. I try to focus on the good things on social media and, and and making connections and learning about people and where they come from and what they can teach you. That's a good thing about social media. Uh, so excited for that, excited to get into it. So let's do that. Our uh, guest tonight was a professionally trained an internationally competing ballroom dancer turned physical therapist. And I'm just gonna say this right off the bat, I have no dancing ability whatsoever. So he's gonna bring all the all the dance moves. Uh, he's been creating his own manual therapy techniques to help his patients through his organization, Project Physical Therapy. He also creates a ton of really good, digestible, clear communication via this stuff, via social media. So let's bring him in, let's get him in here. Tonight our guest, physical therapist, Danny Shapiro. Welcome to the show.
1: How's it going? How's it going?
0: It's going well. I feel intimidated. Whenever I'm at like a a, a club or anything or a a wedding, um, I'm the guy. What I I really want to do is I want to make sure the roof never collapses. So, Danny, I'm the guy holding up the wall while everybody else dances. So, um, you know, kudos to you and other people who actually know how to do the thing on the dance floor. Uh, Danny, we get all the hard questions out of the way first. The hardest one we lead off with. What are we drinking?
1: All right, so uh, I kind of stumbled upon this drink by accident. Um, It's a really weird thing. It's actually an Earl Grey with a little bit, like, a dash of oat milk, and then uh, about you know a serving of Desirado kind of mixed all into one. Yeah. So it's a boozy tea.
0: It's a boozy tea. Somebody delicious. Let (laughs) me write that down. I feel like we're gonna have a long (laughs) one, and we need to experiment with different drinks. So boozy tea right up my alley. I like
1: that. Oh, definitely recommend.
0: This is actually our official uh, last official live show of 2020. As the, you know, guests, uh, uh, listeners of the show know in December we do Best Up. So we go back 12 months and we listen to audience votes and, and downloads and we just kind of like, try to give people like a snapshot. So we do like the top 12. We do half a case of beers. So we'll do that. <laughs> so that means this is the last live show of the year. So kudos on that. First round is brought to you by our friends at Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source of, Uh, 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 personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training, BFR as the cool kids are saying it. Uh, They get you the certification and the equipment for you to apply it properly in your clinical practice. Also um, research. Johnny's involved in research and shares research all the time so check out his website OwensRecoveryScience.com plus they have their own great podcast where they get real rabbit holy in BFR stuff so check that out on iTunes as well, the Owens Recovery Science podcast. So the hard stuff's out of the way, Danny it's done so i've got to start with it it's it's easy it's all easy from here um i <laughs> gotta start with what i let in your your intro like professionally trained ballroom dancer like first of all like competing too like competition international like oh, yeah. tell us the superhero backstory of that and then <laughs> how you got to you know to PT. what's your origin story
1: All right. So, uh, origin, uh, four years old. (laughs) Um, my parents kind of just threw me into dancing. I come from a Russian background, so dancing is like one of the main like things that people go into. So around the age of eight, nine, 10, things got really, really serious. Uh, I had just, I just had a partner switch. And uh, we were actually being molded and prepared to do our first international competition at 10 years old, representing the United States in Blackpool, England, at the World Championships there. Wow! Uh, and I was on the uh, like I was one of the team members. So you have four team members, two from each style, from the standard style and then from the Latin style. And typically, the the four people that are on there are supposed to be the best four uh, in the country to be able to represent mm-hmm. the United States. So the real journey. So I've been dancing from from about four or five years old to 10 and 10 years old, it kicked off. Uh, And then pretty much from there, I've been in a world championship or another country every year since claiming US national titles, uh, being national champion um, and competing all over the world, Russia, Spain, Italy, uh, Netherlands, South Korea, uh, you know, all over the place. Uh, And even my best, my best results so far, I had two best results. One was Eleventh in the world, um, and then another one was, I believe, you no, know, it's bad because it's my own marks, but I'm like fifth or sixth in the world. Wow. But yeah, so it's uh, you know. Yeah.
0: That's worth the boom shaka lock. Wow, <laughs>
1: you're
0: top eleven, you're top ten in the world in something, in dancing, competitive dance. Uh, you know, in a room full of 15 people, I'm not top 15 in dancing. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm <laughs> somehow worse than everybody in the room. But what was that like yeah. comp- at 10 competing on a world stage at anything at that level? How? What was that like?
1: You, you know, just a little stressful, <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Uh, honestly, it was just like looking back kind of throughout the career that I had, I'm like, how the? How did I do that? Uh but it's essentially like as a kid, I, I had no life. <laughs> it was literally wake up, go to school. Second school was over, off to like Manhattan, off to Brooklyn, off to New Jersey, meeting up with my coaches, dancing, dancing, dancing until about like 10, 11 p.m. And then rinse, repeat. Um, I remember for a portion from about freshman to junior year of high school, I pretty much just lived out of a suitcase. Because it'd be literally in school for a couple months, then the next month I'd have to be off for a week or two because I was traveling to another country doing a a competition there. Then I had to next week had to go travel to across the across the country uh, to do another national championship there, and then you know, so it's like constantly on the go, constantly doing things, constantly training. Wow, Uh, I was like a ghost (laughs) in my school, (laughs) Um, you know, and uh, that was that was that and then i also started teaching like i was actually teaching ballroom dancing from the age of 15 in manhattan uh solo so i i first started teaching when i was 11 12 years old in a local studio but then i started to expand into manhattan wow um and even then i i was actually you know what what was the motivation to go into pt right like going from that to yeah therapy um i always wanted to help people so even when i was teaching people how to dance you know, for any one concept, I always had 50, 60, you name it, different ways to explain how to do a certain task. Um, and then at one point, I was like, I kind of I want more. I want more of that physical like person to person contact. I want to be able to help people and more than just like dancing is great. I was working with people who were anywhere from their 20s to their 70s and actually like, like helping them move and everything. It's- were
0: these, where, where were their level? Anything people learning to dance, competitors? What was the who are you Who Are you working with there?
1: Yeah, uh, all kinds of people. I was working with people who were just starting to dance, people who, uh, you know, people who wanted to prepare for their weddings, people who actually wanted to compete with me. Like you can actually do a thing where like you have your own dance partner, but you can actually compete with your own students at competitions. So I would do that as well. Wow. Um, so it was, you know, it was a uh, crazy crazy
0: career <laughs> what that, What that teach you i mean you talked about the travel the hours and you know if you're if you're a competitive athlete as i had some friends who you know knew from you know middle school high school that they were going to go to college and compete maybe not on the world stage but you dedicate and you said use that word ghost right because you were in and out and you were living a couple different lives out of a suitcase as a kid what did those things yeah. teach you that you probably those lessons that you probably still have now
1: Yeah. um, I mean, it's the biggest lesson is to be as versatile as you can and to to adapt, to adapt to your environment. Like, you know, if I, at that age, you know, there was also no escaping school. Like I had to perform well in school, you know, and I I graduated with a great GPA and everything like that was great, but you have to learn to adapt. You also have to learn really social skills, right? Oh yeah. Like (laughs) social skills for the max. You know, when I was at a very young age, I was interacting and socializing with people who were you know, again, some of the top dancers in the world, my talking to judges, talking to
0: instructors, anybody.
1: instructors, people from all over the world. I, I have friends from all over the world. Uh, and you cool. it, you learn a lot about communication, which is what I bring to what I do now. Right. Um, you know, it's, it teaches you so many skills. And again, at such a young age, I always recommend like, I have mom. I work with a lot of moms, for example, too. And they ask me, "Oh, like you know, what should I do for you know my two-year-old, my five-year-old?" I'm like, dancing. Put them into dancing. Um, you know, whether you want to take it and go with it, or you just want to introduce them to a more social, like a social sport, really, and just sure. build a camaraderie, uh, build a work ethic, build the discipline. I mean, that was great.
0: Reps and reps. I got a friend who's got five kids in. They're all Irish dancers, and the kids freak wow. out. Wow. But they've been doing it since like three and four. You're talking when you said that I was not shocked. But the first time I was like, You got your three year old in there? And then she's got like a three, a four, a six, an eight. I'm like, but yeah, but the I mean, just watching the reactions. I mean, I'm wearing my uh my my kids swim coach hat. That's the holy mackerels. You know, whatever right. you're doing in terms of like involvement, in terms social skills? A lot happens when you're not in this in the pool or you're not on the dance floor. It's meeting and talking, all those different things. I mean, oh yeah, you're learning a lot. Off that stage, off that field, off that you know, out of that pool, off that dance floor. Um, wow, that is huge. I knew you were like competing and professional. I didn't realize it was that it was at like that scale. That's a big deal. So <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> you kind of alluded to that that bridge, right? Which kind of brings us to the next part of your story, which is like, okay, you wanted something. You knew yeah. that maybe you know dancing w- wasn't going to be around forever, or eventually you just kind of wanted to segue out of it. You want so that's good that you recognize what do I go to next, and yeah. you wanted more of a connection. Um, So, so give us, you know, start from there. Where'd you go to school? And like, what was your drive through school? Who'd you want to connect with? Who'd you want to treat and help?
1: Yeah. So uh, in terms of where I went to school, also very unorthodox, I actually left the U.S. and went to the Netherlands to go for school. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I was there for four years. Uh, The reason I went there, because I I knew another PT who worked in the U.S., uh, actually one of my CIs, who I worked through my clinical uh, rotations. Um, And with a close family friend, he went through the same, a similar program in the Netherlands. Um, Now in the Netherlands, they're very manual therapy based, right? Big time with the hands, uh, arthrokinematics, right? Like huge on working with these. I remember we had uh, a modalities course where it was like, we spent two weeks on e-stim ultrasound and like any other stuff. And I was like, all right, cool, done, next. Uh, Because it's not something that was really used. Um, so I really went there cause I was like, Oh, that's, that's great. I, I want to like, I want to be manual. I want to be movement-based. I want everything to be around mobility. Again, given my dancing background, <laughs> it was all about movement. Um, so that was, that was that. So I went, I went there and it was, it was a very interesting experience. Very difficult of course. Uh, but it was, it taught me a lot. Uh, and you know, speaking of which a really big difference that I believe in, from what I hear, from what I've looked into, the difference between that education and an e- education that would have gotten here. Really interesting. And in the first week, we had uh, this a representative from this sports organization uh, come into one of our classes to talk about extracurricular kind of opportunities. Gotcha. And I was like, yes, let's go. I want to be a sports PT. Let's do this. Uh, so essentially, for the, in my first semester of school, just I was already exposed to soccer, to uh, rugby, uh, baseball, uh, and and their injuries. Now I ended up going with a rugby team. That's who I wanted. To, I wanted to shadow this particular guy with a rugby team. And then a year later, I was actually given my own rugby team. Wow! As being the sole physical therapist as a that student. Cool. Yes. Wow. Yes, as a student, I was given a physical therapy team, which I traveled around the, all of Netherlands with them. Wow. Assessing, diagnosing, treating—like it was crazy. So,
0: is it three years over there as well?
1: So they had uh, they had two options. They had a three year and a four year. I chose the four year, uh, and then I, I remember actually after I left, it was only a three year that you could do there. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was nuts. And then so for three years, it was my I had a team. I had a team that I traveled around. Uh and That's that was
0: fire. You were gonna learn a lot. You want to talk about communication skills? You gotta do <laughs> that, but also like can I learn on the fly? Can I can I w- without someone right next to me, how can I get the how can I reach out and get information? Is it the internet? Is it a phone call? Is it a mentor?
1: Exactly, exactly. And that that was I was huge on that because again, I wanted as much exposure to real experiences, real people. Uh, and let me tell you some of the things I saw. Oh, my God,
0: it's oh, real. And rugby oh guys God. don't hold back. Was it male or female rugby's? rugby? Uh,
1: mostly male. I would sometimes sub in for people whoever couldn't make it for, for the female team. But I mean, they were sometimes more aggressive than the oh. men. Like, Oh, my God. So amazing. Football,
0: rugby players are not going to hold back. But gender does not equate it is oh, in, no in God.
1: no 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 they were they were amazing amazing wow. amazing athletes uh you know that and that was so that was also a great great experience i mean overall it was wonderful and like that, that was my goal my goal is to help not only athletes and i work with a lot of them but my goal my desire is to work with people who want to be active stay active whether it's a gym a sport um like i left the dancing community but when i came back as a pt i worked with all of those dancers. Like top level, top in the country, top in the world, and train them and through working through body mechanics and getting them to be at the best possible level for when they actually compete.
0: You spoke their language and they recognize that. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I'm saying say now you're, you're fluent in two languages, right? You know dance, and now you're saying, hey, I know exactly, not only do I know what's going on with your body, I know what's going on with your head and what you want to be able to do and what that's preventing you from doing. I mean, that's speaking two languages fluently.
1: Exactly. So, and that's, that's, that was like, it was just so nice for me to be able to do that. Like, I, mm-hmm.
0: I love that. For, for the podcast um, listeners, I mean, they can hear it in your voice. When you yeah. find that intersection, wow, like that is powerful because that's a reason you jump, you do not get out of bed, you jump out of bed. That's a reason that you look forward to Mondays. You don't, you don't dread Mondays and you're psyched for, you know, do it. Did my next patient cancel? What can I can I just duck out and grab? No, you're like, hey, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see this person. I want to see what happened in the last two weeks since I've seen them. You find that intersection. And I tell people all the time it's possible. Here's another example. Um, keep looking for that. Always be on the lookout for it. If you can't find it create it. So let's, let's, how did you create it? Let's talk about what you do now. Project Physical Therapy, websites, projectphysicaltherapy.com. Talk about it. You're already smiling and I just said the name, you know, once, but, uh, how how do you explain it when someone asks?
1: So, I mean, I, I opened up my practice in the hopes of creating a different standard of care of really not only treating the person's pain, right, but really treating the person as the person, as an individual, Um, And the reason why I call my practice Project Physical Therapy is because everyone is their own individual project, right? Everyone has their own goals. Everyone has their own desires. Everyone, you know, Sally may want to be able to walk down the street with her kid, but Michael wants to go back in the gym and start doing bicep curls. Like everyone is so different. And I wanted to make that clear. A lot of the people that I see... They've been through the rounds. They've been through multiple PTs. They've been through chiropractors. They've been through doctors. And it's just, they feel like they hit a dead end and they just, that's it. Like we, that's, we deal with our pain now. This is what we do. We take six Advils a day. And I was like, you know, uh, no, right. (laughs) We're not going to do that. Um, We're going to find you a damn solution and we're going to make sure we do. And and we're not going to stop until we do. Um, So that was really the big motivation. And look, I'm, I'm a young guy, right? Um, I'm, Gonna be twenty-seven in a few months, and I just opened up my own practice in the beginning of the year, right? I'm using the experience that I got in, in the Netherlands. I got my experience here through clinical rotations, um, and you know, people are always shocked, like, "Oh my!" Like you, you opened up your own practice at twenty-six. What? Like yeah. that's nuts. That's crazy, right? Twenty-five, really, and it was literally in January, the first day that uh, Project PT opened. Um, you know, but it's that's my drive, and everyone who's come through my doors. Got a taste of that and got to experience
0: that and to live that so you thrive uh, what i love is is i asked you about your practice your company and you immediately went to people which is why you're going to be successful right i mean if you if you hey i built this because i i i like i would have been like red flag but you like went to i the people project physical therapy is around people i built this because i saw this how's it going like that's an open-ended question because like you open to practice 2020 not quite the easiest time to do it. And if you're, if I always say like, the things you need to have, right. Uh, knowledge, skills, um, connections, right. On top of all that, I always just say, give a shit, right. If yes. you want to me out, like if you have give a shit, you can't be beat. You can't, you can't beat someone on the field or off if they're just like, I'm not going to quit. So I'm guessing you had a couple doses of that, but how did, how did it, how did it go? How's it going? Like, So we started off great. <laughs> So what? <laughs> oh my <happened>? God! <laughs> we started great, and then,
1: and then COVID. Um, <laughs> so like, we're, everything was going great. Then COVID started happening, uh, and then you know we're, we're mostly based around having in in clinic visits. Sure. So COVID hit, and then you know being an essential business, I could stay open, but for the safety of others, again, my practice is in Brooklyn, heavily right. populated, he- very dense. Everyone is mostly going by public transport. Yeah. Right. I just did not want to risk it for anyone's health, for, for anyone that comes in, for myself, for my family. So I was like, you know what? Let's close the doors for a few weeks. Let's just see what happens. I feel like it was a responsible thing to do. Uh, just let people stay home. Sure. So we were thinking, okay, like people are staying home now, but but wait, they're still in pain. And then now everyone's sitting at home and not moving as much. Even people who are used to Walking down a few blocks to get on the bus, and walk a few more blocks to get to your job. That movement is already gone. Uh, So, like back pain cases exploded through the roof. Neck pain exploded through the roof.
0: People are working Um, home. They're sitting like this all day. They're not exactly environments.
1: Exactly. So then, you know, then we were like, all right, how can we still provide a service? So then we started doing digital therapy, and that was amazing, amazing. Uh, Started working with people who were not even local to Brooklyn. I had patients in the Hamptons. I had patients in towns uh, upstate New York that I've never even heard of. Um, Just we were able to actually reach so many more people. So in a way, COVID is terrible. What happened to, you know, people who lost their lives, unfortunately, businesses that shut down, uh, you know, families, all all that. But out of that despair and unfortunate happenings came this opportunity where we are no longer confined. We can actually help people who are, still in need, whose other PTs places that they used to go to closed down and never presented that other option.
0: I mean, I work with, you know, within the APTA, there's uh, HPA, um, uh, the catalyst. So it's a section of the a- APTA. And part of that is like this technology SIG. And I remember, lat- I almost said last year again, in Denver, CSM, which was in February, which feels like two years ago, yeah. more health was the buzz. And everybody said, it's great, but it five years, 10 years from now, trust me, you got time necessity is the mother of invention yes COVID. like believe me it's super anti but yeah. what i like about what happened was people like yourself and you're talking about you've locked on to other people and how can i now reach them okay this road is closed shut down you might have yeah. been able to do it because you were deemed essential but you were like not safe how do i go around over through underneath and that's, I yeah. mean, what can I deliver? I mean, you you said it, you know, like using the hands. Okay, I can't do that right now, but what can I do? And that's a PT mentality. Okay, I'm not going to focus on what you can't do. Show me what you can. We'll work with that. So, um, yeah. So, where are you right now? Because right, like, like, are you back in person? Is it still? Is it yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So right now we're back in person, uh, and we've been back in person for a few months now, um, and we take all the necessary precautions. Every, you know, a lot of the stuff we were already doing pre covid like wiping down after every single patient right. um you know wiping down surfaces all of that was already done the only thing that was really different is like gloves and masks that's yeah. that's really it um so right now i'm actually doing in person and still still oh, doing man. digital
0: why not like give exactly. me a- yeah why- Give me a good reason. Well, now you built relationships with people you physically might have not been able to do see, and now you can. Why? Why you've created a bond? Someone likes working with you. Ramp it up.
1: Exactly. I mean, I got more and more patients that were out of city and far away. Um, as those people who I helped that were outside of Brooklyn got help and, and you know felt better, referrals, 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 which is wonderful.
0: I got a guy, right. his name is Danny, here's his number. Like, I got a guy, okay, tell me more. Like, word of mouth, wow, yeah, that's powerful.
1: Exactly. And, you know, if, if uh, you're a PT who's listening to this, like, don't shy away from digital therapy. There's so much you can do uh, that does not require your hands. There are so many things. Um, and actually, it actually gives you more of an opportunity to really hone in on mobility.
0: Right. Yeah. Sharpening like, no it's too, right? Your communication. Oh my
1: God. Absolutely. Uh, like there's nothing that will build, build your communication of what you want your patient to do in in person than over a Zoom uh, <laughs> Zoom session where you're trying to get them to turn their hip. And they're like, how do I turn my hip? Well, okay. Then you have to find different ways of how to describe that motion. Right. Right. So it's, I mean, it's such a beautiful experience and I would say it's probably around, right now it's 60% in, in person, 40% digital.
0: Wow. Good for, and, for yeah. that. And honestly, like, you know, we're talking about patient care. I'm talking about um, webinars and sharing information and platforms. The, when hope, And believe me, I'm a guy who likes to be in person. Like I'll hug it out. Let's have an actual drink in person, please. But if you think that the hybrid option is not going to forever be there, that's naive, right? So even if we're back yeah. in person and a Ten thousand person event. There's going to be webcams. There's going to be lights and cameras and microphones somewhere off, you know, off stage transmitting that. That's just the world. It, it just fast forwarded things. It really sped some things up. I think
1: it really did. Uh, I mean, honestly, I didn't even think, did not right. even think for a second about uh, digital therapy prior to COVID. Um, and again, while it's great for my business at the end of the day, I'm, I'm for the people and that gives me an extra opportunity to really help people out. Uh, and and again, the the power of digital therapy, doing it properly. There are people who have, again, been through PTs and here I am coming across digitally and being able to help them better than when they went in person
0: impacting them which says hey what's between our ears is really powerful let's not discount our hands that's not what a lot of people are saying they're saying what's between your ears is super powerful too and you're willing to go the extra mile to communicate this i want to highlight this so we'll make sure we share uh danny's social media uh platforms on instagram at official danny shapiro you're willing to go the extra mile and put yourself to test things out how are the cold shower therapies going
1: oh my god
0: because I've heard about this, and I love warm, not a huge fan of cold. So, like, talk about why you started it. What was the reason behind it? And then, like, also, like, how's it going?
1: Oh, it's uh, it's really good. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so, uh, I- I'm like you. I also enjoy hot showers. But um, I'm actually always, I was always a little bit more towards the cold. I think it's my Russian lineage that's like cold, cold, cold. Even actually, as a kid, uh, my father and I we used to have a little competition of like. You know, we used to have a phrase, there's no such thing as cold. And we would go up and down, you know, whenever we went on a ski trip or whenever we would in snow in New York, we'd go outside in shorts and have a, like, have a snow fight in shorts, uh, shorts and boots. And just, that. that's what my childhood was like. What Russians do. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then I've been following Wim Hof, the Iceman, for like a solid couple of years. And then something, I don't know, in the last two couple of weeks, something just was like, you know what? Like it just clicked. I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to start doing this. Um, so today's the 10th day. So 10 days ago, I was like, you know what? Let's, let's start. Let's, pe- let's rip that band-aid off and just do it. Um, I'm always for trying to find the healthiest lifestyle as possible, uh, doing the most that I can for my body. Cause our bodies,
0: it's, all it's we the got. only one we
1: got. What yeah. We, what we got you know, for the next uh 40, 50, 60, 70 years, this is what we this is what we're working with. So why not treat it well now, invest now and then reap the benefits later. So what, all right. So for people who don't <laughs> off of
0: the Iceman, he he's like swimming in like the Arctic or Antarctic. What he's somewhere super cold with penguins. But <laughs> behind it, like what what's the benefit of? Because I've heard other podcasts too. Like Joe Rogan's talked about it. Had yeah. and those guys talk about it. Like what's what's the deal? Because I always honestly I hear cold shower and I my ears probably just go nope <laughs> and I check out of what the reason is. But what do you got?
1: Yeah. So um, aside from the actual benefits of the cold and what it does to your uh, adrenal system, uh, that that shock it, it drops core it raises stress momentarily, but ultimately it reduces stress. It improves circulation. Uh, it improves brown fat accumulation. Um it actually the what what happens when you get that cold burst and i go from hot to cold by the way it's not just I'm a cold show
0: is it, a, it like you jump in cold so i'm guessing no you not yet
1: i'm oh. i'm i'm transitioning to twice a day so in the mornings for example it would be cold right away and then in the evenings it would be hot then cold uh but i mean damn so good and the breathing that comes with it just
0: And you're supposed to, there's some techniques that you could do. I mean, we could find out more of Wim Hof, but I just want to, I mean, I know you're doing that because you were sharing it a lot on your Instagram stories.
1: Yep. And that's yep.
0: what I wanted to get to, which is you're walking the walk and talking the, talking to talk, walking the walk. You're doing it, but you're also sharing it in ways that are very, very digestible. That's how we kind of that's how I, you know, tripped across you somehow. I actually think that I saw on D Rock's page, he was like, Here's my mm-hmm. physical therapist. And I was like, Oh, there's someone I follow about content creation. And I'm like, the word physical therapist. I'm like, check out this intersection. <laughs> so I followed you immediately, and I was like, Okay, this guy gets it. Like Danny's always there doing, he's dancing and, 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 and doing TikTok stories and stuff like that. But yeah. it's digestible good information that spreads. I mean, there's the trifecta digestible good information that spreads.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that was really what I wanted to. So, so like, the, the, one of the biggest problems with social media is that there are so many PTs, which is great, but there are so many PTs that are posting content. Now, what I've noticed, and I've done a lot of research into it, like, because I also did it was that it kind of all overlaps. It kind of gets a little bit monotonous. Um, I mean, there's different ways to present it, uh, different stretches, but it's generally a lot of the same kind of stretches everyone uses because that's, you know, what we have. Um, So what I, like how the dancing thing started, right? Because I didn't, I didn't always dance in my posts. Um, I kind of did it by accident. I was like, I made a video and I, like, I was feeling the song uh, and I was like you know what? I'm just going to throw it in there at the end and I was like ah, do I post it? Do I post it? Always All post. All right. It. Yeah, exactly. You always right. post, it. post post post. Create right. create create. Um so I just did it and then literally like overnight it just went cuz you now sure real.
0: you're authentic. That's you. If Jimmy dances it probably be just goofy enough to go viral for the wrong reasons but <laughs> real you. I mean that comes across and it's not Difficult to see that you know how to dance because as soon as you get into that, like that is rote, like you've got that. That's muscle memory. And that's what people connect with it. Authenticity. Yeah. Start there.
1: You no, know, exactly. That's exactly right. And and it felt good to be able to actually move around a little bit because yeah. from my background. Uh, but what I also found, which was so like this is what made my heart sore the most. Right. It, is that because people had something to look for that. I did it, the dancing at the end for a reason because they had people had something to look forward to at the end and that made them watch the video. So when they actually watch the video, the stretch or the exercise that I'm showing, there's a much more high, higher chance of them actually trying it as opposed to like, oh, okay, I'll save this for later. And then two weeks go by and they're like, oh, I kind of saved that from two weeks ago. Yeah, I won't do it. Um, so I've had so many, my DMs got flooded, comments like galore. It, People are trying it. People are doing it. And people are feeling better, which makes my freaking day. Because that's, that, that's my goal.
0: That's yeah. the point. I want you to try it. Try it. Just try it. Don't tell me you'll think about trying it. Don't do it tomorrow. Don't save it off. Try it. Try it. Try it. And you put that fun, real, authentic thing in your content. Nobody else can be Danny Shapiro. We can't do it. Even if we, you know, even if we study forget, we can't have your history. But like. That's your authentic self. Whatever you are, bring that into your content. Was And yeah. you mentioned you didn't start doing that. So for people, for physical therapists, for physical therapist assistants out there, you mentioned something that I want you to reiterate again, which is you didn't do it at first and you almost didn't do it. I think a lot of times we're literally, and you did that motion, right? We're like, ah, should I, should I, should I? What would you say to that person? Like, I don't know. I don't want to step out. I feel weird. I feel uncomfortable. They're all going to laugh at you, right? What would you say to that person? Like, besides, like, Push them over the edge to do it. What would you say?
1: I mean, do it. People need to see the real you, whether you're a PT, an artist, whoever you are, whoever you want to portray to the audience that you want to reach, show them who you really are. Again, PTs, people know what a PT looks like, like. You know, PT, they know that, you know, stretches and exercises. And by the way, this is not to say, I'm not knocking down any PTs. I know a bunch of really great PTs who post amazing content and help thousands of people. But to those who are nervous about posting content and being their real self, whether it's a little dance, whether it's a little this, a little that, just do it. Do it because people appreciate, they think you're real. They know you're real once they see that.
0: Say it like you'd say it. I got a buddy who I'm helping open the clinic. We're going to have him on the show in the next couple of months. And he didn't have a Facebook page before he opened his clinic. He made it. He's like, I listen, I don't do that, whatever. And I'm like, then don't do that. He started the clinic and he's like, I think I should. And I said, why? And he's like, because I have to connect with an audience. I said, great. So if you're doing it for them, do it right. Like you want to give them information. You want to. It's a give. but he's like what do i do and i kept i kept answering all of his questions with questions i was like what do you what what do you have to bring to someone who do you want to help describe this person to me how would you say this if i said hey i'm a, he wants to work with throwing athletes hey i've uh, you know the throwing athletes in front of you what are the things that you typically say when a throwing athlete walks through the front door of your clinic what do you say say that into the camera say it in text say it in audio say it in graphics, say it say it say it and when you think you've said it too much, triple it, like triple it, triple it. Oh, triple. Yeah. So it's this ledge that you've got to jump off. And I'm, I am with you and I have a career in broadcasting. Even for me, it was like, I don't know. People are going to say, you don't know, no enough. Da, da, da. It is hard. It is definitely worth it. Take
1: the leap. Absolutely. I mean, Personally, it was the longest five minutes of my life. <laughs> well, we, it was, we, yeah, we, we're just waiting. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, Okay, that's great. Um, but I, it was the biggest thing because again, it was just I got to connect with my audience in such a, it, it, I, I want to say intimate, but not intimate. But it made me close with my audience. It made them like connect and and realize yeah. that I am a real person, just like they are.
0: But as a person who consumes your content, um, I feel like I wasn't reading a textbook but i was getting good information right so like yeah. i'm not gonna knock textbooks but i am gonna knock textbooks that's <laughs> what i learn, right so you yeah. were showing me information i could find in a textbook a material that is textbook but you were doing it in a way with danny's spin on it and it was fun and it was engaging and like i don't know about you but i like things that are fun and engaging so if and what you're saying <laughs> is if this is your flavor right this way if this is not your flavor listen there's a there's lots of other people out there you can learn from and that you're probably going to gravitate to that's not me and that's great you do you but that's what i'm saying listen your audience is going to do them you need to do you there's a lot of people listen we got one of you and a lot of other people be you everybody else is taken
1: yes i i love that that's amazing
0: yeah Yeah. what have you learned since you taken that leap like after that uh uh go um, what what are some things you'd learn that you'd share? You know, in terms of like best practices or, or things that you know the audience could up their game to. And I'm all looking for hacks or cheat codes. I like basic, real
1: things. Well, I mean, like, are you asking in terms of like what that leap of faith kind of did in terms well, of what the information I shared? Or let
0: a better, let me. I asked those a crappy question. Let me ask a better, <laughs> a better podcast first
1: No, it was me. It was me.
0: Tomorrow morning, well, that's Thanksgiving. You just be with your family. Friday morning, <laughs> and you're going to create a piece of content, right? Where do you start? Do you start with the person? Do you like picture, hey, I want to talk to this person who, you know, maybe I treated a patient a week ago and I'm wondering how you're mm. doing. Okay, if there's a couple people in my audience like her, let me create. Like, where do, you, where do you start when you're like, oh, hey, this is content. Let me make it. Like, where's your head start?
1: So I take it from just day-to-day experiences. Like, I... I, I am typically a very positive person, right? And I try I, I try to really portray that, you know, bring as much positivity into people's lives as possible. But I come across really negative shit all the time. Oh, yeah. Right. So, like, you know, whether it's a patient breaking down on the table in front of me and literally handing them tissues as they are breaking down and just super emotional and being there for them um, and hearing the uh, – the failed horror stories that you know they experienced going elsewhere that is where i get a lot of my motivation from i if i if i'm showing a patient something i'm like oh wait i can turn this into an actual stretch and like or exercise or you know some kind of explanation of something i will take that remember it, and then film it later like i try to take as much as i can from real time experience because if that's coming up in day-to-day experiences then that's something that i need to share with my audience right um like i i display this message a lot to in terms of like if you don't find the right if you're going to a PT chiropractor just even your your PCP and you're not getting the care that you need have the courage to find another PCP another another chiropractor another PT who like do what's best for you right so that's a message I really portray a lot because again yeah. that comes up a lot yes a lot yeah um, so really just day-to-day experiences
0: yeah i mean and i saw a tweet that came out earlier today on your your feed which sounds like that i mean it's, it was like it sounded like it was a message to one person right it sounds like you were writing that message like i'll be here for you right i'll, yeah. go, I'll give you a tissue like it was it was very pointed it, it sounded like it could have been written for one person but but when you when you send it to many right with these tools let us broadcast if that message resonates with someone man that's a connection that's power like hey I didn't have that inter- interaction with with someone today, but man, I've been there. And Danny just said he'd like that's building connection because you literally put out there, hey, I had a connection today. How can I make this message resonate and just let people know, like, hey, I'm here for you? And you did that in one tweet in twenty words and a couple of emojis. But that's a, a way of like, hey, I could give you a book or a manual on here. I you gotta create the best uh, tweets ever. But yours was real, which is why it beats any manual or cheat code ever.
1: Exactly. And, and that's exactly kind of like what we're talking about here is being real, you know, not only with your audience. Right. Because that's, you know, when you when you put yourself out there on, on onto the phone. Right. But also be really be real with your patients. Yes. Right. Like the way I am on social media is a hundredfold the way I am with my patients. Right. I make sure that I am literally there for them through everything. My best in my interest is their interest my goal is their goal right that i'm i'm there to help them along their journey to help them to be their best feel their best and i inject as much of positivity as much as you know funny dad dad, dad jokes and all of this i try to connect with them so much to to really have them be able to trust me yeah. to be able to share things with me to be able to just we're on this journey together this 25. is a partnership
0: why you called it project right i'm you're the you're i'm it's your project you're it's your pro- i'm here to help but this need, this needs to be both of us uh next exactly. idea would be bad dad jokes good dancing <laughs> i'm gonna throw that out there i don't want oh any- my god uh will lucas dropping in, in the comments uh i'm guessing he was taking a listen to you talk about those hands right G- going to school where you did Besides not being hands-on, some of the other struggles you find with telehealth. We talked a little bit about hey, you need to pay attention. Can you rotate that hip? I don't know what that means. Okay. So demonstration is probably a good, a good technique. Like, what I want you to do is this. Any other struggles that you've been able to overcome when you jumped right in, you know, mid COVID to go telehealth. What'd you what, what would you suggest?
1: Do you mean aside from bad Wi Fi or
0: <laughs> bad Wi Fi? <laughs> I would say you I mean, funny, but like always have a backup plan. Because yeah. maybe that telehealth visit, if you've got to connect, up oh, now it's a phone call or it's a FaceTime. If it's not a you know laptop, that thing died. So that's that sounds like we're being facetious, but have it a backup plan. Because if you can't connect, you can't connect.
1: Yeah, that that opportunity is gone. Um, but you know, it's it's funny because the biggest things that you kind of have to overcome are maybe the silliest or kind of like not really thought of things that you have to overcome, like. The PT should be able to explain movement X in multiple different ways, right? Like, you know, if it's a matter of rotating the arm, it's, you you know, physically showing rotation of the arm, bring your bicep up to the ceiling, you know, whatever it is. But it's also things like communicating what they need to do with a telehealth. Like, for example, if we're going to do a telehealth session right now, like I need to be able to see all of you, right? right? So it's really how you need to position yourself within the session as the patient, Um, what the patient needs to wear. Uh, what should be around the patient. So for example, if it's um, someone who is balance compromised or, you know, has weak musculature, chair, table, wall, something safe because if someone falls and breaks something, guess what? Just like if they would fall and break something in your practice, it's on you. Um, So it's like all these safety measures that you have to kind of bolster up. Um, Really communication, like in the beginning – I missed just, it was like the smallest, I just didn't think of it. So for example, in the beginning, one of the first few people I got, not even as a session, just as like a introductory, I do a lot of things called discovery visits where it's essentially like I sit down with people for 30 minutes and talk with them about kind of like what the experience is gonna be like and it's not real treatment, just a conversation. But uh, one of the first few uh, telehealth digital therapy sessions I had was the woman was holding her phone like this, a selfie. And she was in a winter jacket outside with a bunch of noise. And I was like, <sighs> environment, environment. If I Manny
0: couldn't in Brooklyn right now. This interview would be a little bit hard for the audience to hear. I couldn't hear him. He couldn't hear me. But you if you didn't think about it, you, you didn't, right. I don't know if I would have, you just assume we have to set that expectation.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't just assume that someone's going to be in their house. Right. Uh, which is what I did. And I found out real quick. Uh, don't assume. <laughs> so in the confirmation email, it was like being some in a good room in your house with good lighting, plenty of space. Um, some people I actually work with in a hallway. If if, if the home isn't available, like in, like if in an apartment building. Kids are doing clear-
0: school, right? Whatever. You know, there's yeah. work at home. Hey, the only place I have is the hallway. Okay. Let's, Let's do, it. do that. We'll figure it out. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, but that's really the, the, the honestly, the biggest hurdles. It's not really the, you know, therapy itself. It's making sure that it's a good environment. It's a, you know, you're not trying to say, oh, do you hear me? Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Uh, right, okay. Right. Can you put it up a little bit, put it, put it down a little bit? Um, you know, and, and also really actually being creative is another, is another thing. Like, again, just being creative with how to explain things of what to do, right? Get yeah. creative, find Find you know what? Take a problem and write thirty different ways on how to fix that problem. Well, the I say move. <laughs>
0: I think some people in any field, if you never have anything that challenges you, you'll have the the way or maybe two ways to do something, and then all of a sudden, life throws your curveball where you're doing something by telehealth and you're going, I can't do it. Where I think people who are adaptable or not, I do not think it's an age thing. I really do think it's a mentality thing. If you are yes. adaptable, you will find. And you should be able to be okay. That doesn't work. Find a new way. That that door closed. Find a new way. Because the goal has not changed. This person needs this. How do I do that? Okay. Now you got to do with your eyes closed. How do I do that? And all I heard from you with that answer, answering Will Lucas's question. By the way, Will, thanks for asking. um, Know your know your tools. In the clinic, there's no barrier, right? So it might be um, that that's that's lower, right? But maybe you work in a very busy clinic, and that person has problem concentrating is there a quiet room I can go to but now exactly. in mental health, that environment that's that's different it's i need to communicate this i've got to know how this platform works i've got to know uh you know what i'll be able to see or or what or how to position them somehow in, in the room and hey can you pivot that camera down what does that mean okay i always say pitch can you nose that camera down right there cuz we got a lot of headroom okay we can do that so know your tools this thing yeah. just became your tool get real comfortable with that tool because it's going to be a part of your existence if that's what you're practicing. I love that.
1: Absol- absolutely, absolutely, yeah.
0: I like it. All right. Last thing I wanted to focus on, real quick, but, uh, PTs and the medical community addressing patient care without a focus on money. Like I feel like it's this, it's this circle, right? It's like I would love I, what I would love, Danny, is if a lot of PTs just walked around their community and provided care for free we can't do that because I, I would like to live somewhere and pay rent and buy cornflakes and all that. <laughs> uh, but, but how, how, do, how can we like change that focus? So PTs can address patient care without that focus or that barrier being money. What's something you've come across and how, how do you, how do you address that?
1: So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting question because um, like, I've worked in an insurance based practice and I myself am out of, out of network with all insurances because I refuse to, uh, work by the guidelines that the insurance policy demands us. Uh, I I companies. Yeah. I see, I see one patient an hour. One, uh, which allows me to really focus in and give the time and, and the things that they need really, really need not, you know, not a little five minute massage, Easton ultrasound, check, check, check. Okay. Oh, insurance covers hot, cold therapy. Great. Hot pack, cold pack, hot pack, cold pack, check, have a PTA come in, change, change them out. Okay. We've dropped the. Drop the patient there. My PTA will take care of it. No, 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 none of that. None of that. Right. And that's really the experiences that people have brought to me, uh, that that was what they went through. Um, but even working in an insurance based practice, right. It depends really who you work for and if it's your practice or if it's not your practice, but people need to find a way to connect, right. When you're looking at a, how many patients can I get in a day kind of life? in your practice, you're going to fail. Yeah. Uh, you're going to fail. Your patient's going to fail. Um, it's just a bad time for everybody, you know, and understand people have no choice. However, you know, if you are seeing three patients, three patients an hour, four patients an hour, what can you do to make sure that that 10 minutes, and let's be real, that 10 15 minutes that you're spending with each patient is the most beneficial right now that's not a lot of time and again people are being cycled through and i really i personally do not believe in the e-stem i think very few people actually need e-stem i have two units of e-stem i have never touched it once like not once it's collecting dust in the closet uh same goes for ultrasound not touched it once um people need to find better options like it's it just it it breaks my heart that the stories that I hear from patients, it, it really kills me because it's so unfortunate. And while I'm so happy I have the opportunity to work with them and to to change their life, I, it just pains me. And this is also not just for PTS. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from a doc, uh, from a patient, that their doctor, their PCP, some specialist, doesn't matter, that their doctor told them to just live with it.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: just live with it.
0: That's crippling.
1: Yeah. Like I just, I just think like if i was in their position and and i came to the doctor and i heard just live with them like what what do you mean and most of the time people are like well the doctor said it so i guess
0: and i'll be that's done
1: you know um, and sometimes i wish that the people who do those things are treated that way once yeah right
0: Walk that walk. I have to walk that walk. You, they would be, yeah. they would be infuriated. They, that's the kind of person I bet that wouldn't take that for an answer. So why would you give that answer? Exactly,
1: great. exactly. Right. Uh, and, and that's really, you know, again, to the numbers game. I mean. You, you, listen, if you need to see 30 patients in, uh, a day, 40 patients a day, I get it. But don't make it about the money. Don't make it about taking off the insurance. Connect yeah. with the person that, like, help them the best that you can. If you can only see them for 15 minutes, have a list of resources that can help them around the clock, even when they leave your office, right? How What can you do as a provider to give them the best, to give them your everything, even though you have a limited time? So that, that's why I don't take insurance-based practice as an excuse, right? Because
0: that's that's on you as what you can do as a person, right? So this is exactly yeah. what you explained of why you moved from dance to physical therapy. It's about people and what you can bring to them. If your focus is on that, you can't miss. If your focus exactly. is always on that, you can't miss. But if you don't like the environment you're in, change it. Like if that is devastating to you, if it's making you want to leave the profession, hold on. Before you jump ship out of a profession, can you move somewhere else and pivot in that profession? And make your yeah. life better and everybody you interact with better. I love that. That's why it, it's private physical therapy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely Are you ready? For wonderful.
0: Three questions. It's a little feature we do, Michelle. You ready? Oh
1: yeah. Let's,
0: Let's do, do three questions. Let's do that right now. Let's do it. We've got special music. I'm to see Danny. Just give me a, what would you do with this music? How would you dance to this music? Give me like, there you go. See, I can't do that. They're just, my body just doesn't move that far. Uh, three questions brought to you by our friends at ARIUS Medical Staffing. Find them at A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Uh, leaders in hashtag travel physical therapy. Uh, I always say you get a, a physical therapy or physical therapist assistance license. You are free to move about the country right do what you want in any setting all 50 states in dc again that website uh, dot com. first question is where where question once everything is safe and we're free to move where we can right where everything's uh, post-covid i want to start saying post-covid a lot more um where Where is somewhere in the 50 u.s states that you'd want to go you're in new york but where else where's someone in the u.s you haven't been that you'd like to go
1: north carolina yeah it's warm north up, carolina right? i like that yeah.
0: See, I could take cold, call- I yeah. get cold showers in North Carolina because it's be <laughs> warm. So that wouldn't be bad. Uh, welcome <laughs> to North Carolina because there's people there, which means they need PTs there. So again, A-U-R-E-U-S.com. Yeah. Yep. Uh second question is a what question. What is something that you've read or watched or listened to, a book, a movie, a podcast that you think the audience would give value from?
1: Ooh. Oh my God. I've read so many amazing things in the last like few months. Um, I feel like I feel like there's two, I have two recommendations. Go for it. Uh, Atomic Habits.
0: Oh, that's uh, James Clear. Yep. Yeah, that looks pretty good.
1: Yep, that one's amazing. Uh, and then the other one is by David Goggins. Um, I'm spacing wow. on the name, but oh my God, everybody has to read it because <laughs> that puts everything into such perspective of, um, oh my God, it's so good. It just makes you want to get up, literally just get up in the morning and just do whatever you got to do, whether it's sports, uh, business, whatever. It gave me such a drive to, let's go. 4 a.m., wake up, 5 a.m., wake
0: up. American Runner? Is that the one?
1: No, 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 no. It's uh, the one. It's like,
0: he was the 40% rule, right? Where he's like, if you think you're done, because he was a SEAL. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's got that 40% rule, which is like, when you think you're done, that means you're 4 you're only forty percent of the way there, like mindset. And he's always like doing his videos while he's like, I mean, the dude's jacked. He's like shirtless and yeah. running. He's like, I've been up since four in the morning, and I got this. this. <laughs> but like, dude brings it. And like he's all he you yeah. can tell he is his authentic self when he is screaming at people to get their ass in gear. I like it.
1: Yeah. Uh and actually the book is called Can't Hurt Me. Oh, uh, okay. Uh it is so all right. freaking good.
0: So habits habits can't hurt me. Uh Uh, Question number two. Question number three is a who question. I like to start now with people. Who's someone the audience should know more about?
1: Wim Hof. No. um, (laughs) uh, Well, I mean, yes. um, But there's one, the one guy in particular that I really need to actually give a shout out to because he actually revolutionized this whole COVID uh, PT game. Uh, His name is Paul Goff. Yeah. Um, He is I credit all of the success that my practice has had uh, in large part to him because uh, he, you know, he, he opened up my eyes so much. And if you're a PT, if you're a PT student, if you're an OT, chiropractor, it doesn't matter who you are because all this information applies to everybody. Holy shit. Look him up.
0: <laughs> oh, no. uh, that's so true. good. Brought to you by RAS Medical Staffing. Find them again, A-U-R-E-U-S-Medical.com. Last thing we do on the show is The Parting Shot. Mm-hmm. Parting Shot brought to you by our friends oh. from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. When you're looking to level up your game, maybe you've got some time on the couch soon. Be doing some uh, some Uh, Why not level up your orthopedic game? Uh, leaders in orthopedic physical therapy at the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. They've got current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, which is the leading instructional course if you want to get that OCS. So why go anywhere else? Why not go to the Academy of orthopt.orgs is where you find it. Uh, so, Danny, party shot is really your chance. Mic drop moment. What would you want to leave with the audience of physical therapy is, and again, no pressure, our last live show of 2020, so our last parting shot of 2020, but what's something you want to leave as a sentiment, kind of your mic drop moment, your soapbox deal, what what do you got for us in your parting shot?
1: So if you are a healthcare provider, please work on being yourself, work on being the real stuff to your patients, projecting, don't, don't be shy with who you are, don't try to hold back who you are, um, and let your patients see who you really are, because that's really the only way that they will actually connect. Pain is much more than the physical. It's emotional. It's so so social. It's psychosocial. There's so much that goes into pain, and your patients crave your support. So give it to them. And if you are a patient, guess what? And you're not liking your the support that you're getting, the treatment that you're getting, the providing service that you're getting. Go somewhere yeah. else. Demand, Find someone who will support you.
0: Demand that, right? Be your authentic self, and if you aren't getting that from someone else, leave. There are a lot of other providers out. There. There's some great ones. Hey, you didn't find one out of the gate? Keep looking because we're out. They're out here, right? So be your yeah. authentic self and create, create, create. Right? You got to do that. Uh, exactly. we'll, we'll drop the socials in the uh, the show notes of the episode with Jenny Shapiro, Project Physical Therapy. Um, thanks for helping us wrap up 2020. As we cheers out of here, I'm gonna make a boozy tea sometime very soon, which <laughs> drops here in New York as well. Uh, let me know when you wanna come back. Awesome. We'll talk about something fun. Maybe th- between now and then, I'll work on my dance moves as well, Danny.
1: We'll have a dance off. How about
0: that? <laughs> be over quick. Danny, appreciate your time, man. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much, Jimmy. This was great. <laughs>
0: The P.T. Pinecast is a product of P.T. Pinecast, LLC. (laughs) It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our Chief Connections Officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second-year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts.
1: I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure
1: accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.